Well, as one of our former pastors once said many times, good morning, Hope Church. <laughs> what an exciting and wonderful day it is. And not because I'm wearing a tie, you people. <laughs> we welcome our ministry partners, those who attend regularly, visitors, and friends and family of our new pastor, Ryan Smith. We are very happy that the Holy Spirit has worked in Ryan's heart to accept the calling of being our new lead pastor. We want to thank Pastors Andy and Barry for their previous work here at Hope. We appreciate the work that they have done to shepherd us and help us grow this church, not only physically, but spiritually as well. My name is Jim Staub, and I'm an elder here at Hope, and it's my pleasure to introduce Pastor Tim Vinnick. Tim is the Director of Spiritual Leadership and Outreach in the Alliance of Reformed Churches, a denomination which, as Tom said, we just became a part of this year. Tim has graciously accepted our invitation to participate in this installation and ordination service. Please give Tim a big welcome to Hope Church. Thank you. Welcome to you right back as a church. We are proud of you and grateful. You're part of the Alliance of Reformed Churches. You're a part of a crowd of about 175 other churches that are moving that way and more on, on the way. You know that takes a little time on decision making and discernment with the Holy Spirit for churches to make those calls, those choices, but you did it and we're grateful to have you part of our family. That's about 53,000 people around you that are part of this calling. It really is a, a significant move. I, I live in Zeela, Michigan, but uh, when we founded the Alliance together about two and a half years ago, it was to be a safe landing spot for our churches, many coming out of the Reformed Church in America, Christian Reformed Church, many other denominations, independent churches as well, more and more of that internationally happening, Philippines, Costa Rica. But uh, we also want to be a serious launching pad. So we're built for movement not really settlement, not really institution. And as a young church, and I worked for years, 40 years with church plants. I mean, you're doing awesome in six years. Phenomenal leadership to get to this day, your facilities, everything. I mean, praise God for what he's doing. I'm proud of you. But, uh, you know, it's exciting. You get the desire to grow and move, but all of our churches are being stretched and challenged in that way. So we have nine different networks, which are kind of regional movements of the gospel and leadership, about 60 hours a week of staffing at that level. They're like your associate pastors. Use them. Call them. You bring them in. Get strengthened as a local church. The entire alliance, the Alliance Global, where I serve, and the Alliance Networks, regional networks, serve local churches to strengthen you and build you up. So, Pastor Ryan, don't be a stranger. They engage, build relationships, and uh, there's quite a few opportunities to really grow together, uh, be a Christ alone, scripture alone, movement of churches in the 21st century, just like in the first century. Same leader, risen from the dead, same Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever. Same scriptures, the eternal word of God. So we have the universal person and the universal book. For all nations, for all generations, you want to be relevant Christ alone, scripture alone. You want to be enduring as a church, generationally, Christ alone, scripture alone. Universal person, universal book. Most empowering leader the world has ever seen. 
join him in his movement, and let's see where the, this can go in the 21st century. As we sang and heard in prayers earlier, there's a tremendous challenge even in this nation, the United States of America. Uh, forces of paganism and spiritual warfare are rising in our nation as they are in the global south, where the church is growing. Greatest revival in human history happening right now. Let's join it in the northern hemisphere. Let's be part of it in Europe, Canada, uh, Russia, and uh, the United States, some of the very nations that are in conflict in Ukraine, right? So think about what God wants to do in a global movement of the church. Let's be part of that. It's a new day. There's a lot of stretching. It's one thing to be grounded in the word of God and allegiance to Christ alone. It's another thing to grow up into maturity and unity and maturity and fullness in Christ. So we want to strengthen each other's arms in that work together. So welcome to the Alliance. Love having Hope, Hope Community Church of Lowell uh, part of this story. And Jesus is writing in our generation. So we're welcoming you as a church today. We're also welcoming Pastor Ryan as a newly ordained pastor in the Alliance of Reformed Churches. And we'll do his installation and laying on of hands. And let me try to explain a little bit of that from Scripture. Again, from Scripture alone to kind of shape our thinking about the call of God and, and ordination. When the word ordination, I hear the word ordain. I think, Tom, you used it earlier in your prayer that God ordains things. God chooses things. And God is sovereign. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He's the owner of it all. He's sovereign over Satan. And, with, and our prayers are powerful and effective as spiritual beings. We can contend with the powers of darkness. And so I want you to see yourself in a powerful position as a child of the, of the sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords. And so it's really that out of that place that we talk about ordination, it's, it's recognizing who's leading, God's call, God's choosing, that's going to make the greatest difference in a church, because this is all his idea. And so I want you to hear that in the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament. I'm going to start with this passage in Romans chapter 1, verse 7. This is how the book of Romans opens up. Paul writing to a great city, the largest city probably in the known world, about a million people at that time in Rome. Paul writing, hadn't been there yet. And he says, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. You hear that? Called to be saints. This calling that we're going to talk about specifically with an equipping leader, a pastor, shepherd, leader in the flock, it starts with you. God's calling includes you all the saints. He calls the saints out of the kingdom of darkness by his love into the kingdom of God. And that's powerful. And equipping leaders don't drop down from heaven. They come up from among the churches. Even in this area and in Florida, God raises up leaders and sends them to keep equipping and developing the church. But you too are called. So it's not just Ryan today. He has a particular calling among you to equip the saints who are called by God. But hear yourself in these pictures. Be a part of be a part of the great move of God through generations as he calls you by name, personally, as much as he's calling Ryan today. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, the Apostle Paul writes to uh, an apprentice leader, an equipping apostolic leader in the early church, Timothy. And he says, do not neglect your gift, Timothy, which was given you through the prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So we're going to do that today. We're going to lay hands on Ryan and ask for the Holy Spirit to impart power, gifts of the Spirit, fresh filling of the Holy Spirit's life and power. And 
in Pastor Ryan so that he can fulfill his purpose, his calling to equip the saints in this place. So uh, we're going to do that in just a few minutes uh, together. And uh, I, I want to see that, uh, you know, Ryan is being called and set apart like Timothy was here in this passage to, uh, to serve the body of Christ and be empowered by the Spirit of God to do so with endurance and effectiveness. In Genesis 12, first book of the Bible, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, Abraham, leave your country, your father's household, and go to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. So the call of God the choice of God goes out to a man, Abraham, and it sets up the entire family of Israel, the story of the patriarchs and the multiplying in Egypt and a great nation through the Exodus brought back to a land sworn to be given to Abraham's descendants and the Messiah, Jesus, comes from that family tree. This is all part of God's choice and calling, but he uses people in each generation. And uh, God's a, God effectively called Abraham out of paganism, out of a household filled with idolatry. God was effective at his call. I hope you can testify to that in your life, and Ryan can testify to that man that God is effective in his call. He gets us where he needs to go because he's sovereign and he loves us. God called many who changed history as leaders. Think of Noah, think of Moses, Jacob, Joseph, Gideon, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah. There's all call passages, passages in Scripture that talk about how God called them and set them apart for the work. God ordains it. God chooses it, that they should have a certain role of leadership among all the people of God. Prophet, priest, or king in the Old Testament a lot to give leadership, to benefit the people of God on behalf of God. So who, called, who God calls by his sovereign grace, they did effectively rise up into their God-ordained, God-chosen life. And he blessed and empowered those he called to be effective in their generation for God's purposes. Again, in 1 Samuel, you see another call of David, great king in Israel, 1 Samuel 16, verse 10. So Jesse, Scripture says, Jesse had seven sons pass before Samuel, the prophet of God. But Samuel said to him, uh, the Lord has not chosen these. Are these all the sons you have? Uh, they're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he is tending the sheep. Then the Lord said to Samuel, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So out of these seven sons, the eighth one is the one chosen, the youngest, to be called into God's very special purpose. So God is very specific, calling by name among the eight sons in the same family. As the scripture says about King Saul, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is best at calling people because he knows their destiny, their shape, their ability, their, their allegiance to him. He sees things other people don't even see. God chooses and raises up leaders who will be passionate for things that move the heart of God. They're not just trying to please people or not being afraid of the enemies of God. Pastor Ryan can be one of those leaders among you from a deeper place, leading from his heart, which is being yielded to and filled by the Holy Spirit. God's calling can shape all of that. In Isaiah 6, verse 8, calling of a prophet of God. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. So there's a response to the voice of God, the call of God. God's effective, but we are in partnership. We are in alignment. We are in allegiance and submission and yieldedness to that work of God, the word of God in our life. So the voice of the Lord God Almighty on the throne is heard on earth. 
by Isaiah, an effective call from heaven to earth. God's involved in this. He's involved in Lowell, Indiana, in calling leaders to lead this church at this time, heaven, earth, connected. We want to stay in alignment with that. Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord God Almighty seated on the throne, high and lifted up. He heard it on earth. His encounter with God in this personal, holy way shaped his public affirmation and ministry as a prophet of God in his generation for years and years. We celebrate today that Pastor Ryan has heard the voice of God and said, here am I, send me, hello. And he has come to this place at this time to do the works that God ordained and God purposed in advance for him to do. In Jeremiah 1 verse 4, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Whoa, think of the purpose of God, the choosing of God in the womb of a mother saying this one will be that one in the future. Look at the power of that. You want to align with the God of heaven and earth, the God of all creation. He's raised up and developed a young leader and he's calling him here. Stay with God's call and purpose in the middle of that. It's central. God appointed Jeremiah as a prophet. It was God's will. God ordained the calling of Jeremiah, and it meant effective and empowered ministry for a lifetime. In the New Testament, Jesus says similar things. This carries on all through the New Testament. In John 15, I mean, we see the calling of the 12, the first six pairs sent out in Matthew 10 and Luke 10, the 72 others sent out, calling, sending. It's very, very common through the entire New Testament. Here's a verse in John 15, verse 16, where Jesus says to those that he called, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So in the New Testament, we see the pattern of effective calling from God. It continues, even with the 12 multiplying disciple makers who became founding apostles by the grace and call of Jesus. The call of God to leadership in the first century movement of the gospel to all the nations was pivotal. It was personal, by name, and it was, followed, it was followed by powerful training in the example and the commands of Christ, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 13, verse 2, early church gathering, maybe well, they're a few years older than you, but not much. Every church in the New Testament also had a starting point. There's a new church along the way. This is Antioch Church in verse 13, 2. It says, while the five prophets and teachers that were in the church leading were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. You hear this phrase again and again, God's choosing, God's leadership here through the Holy Spirit, very explicit, sets up the New Testament movement of the gospel to all kinds of new cities and new communities. That was God's call on two particular people, Saul and Barnabas, Paul, the apostle. Both of them became apostles in the early church in Acts chapter 14. The Holy Spirit speaks the call of God forth among the worshiping leaders, and they hear it crystal clear, and they agree with it. They align with God. They come into alignment with God on it. Probably you and I might not have heard the gospel in our own nation here in the United States without this ongoing call of God on these leaders. I mean, had Paul and Barnabas said no, had they not been worshiping and fasting and hearing well from God, we might not be here today. None of us. That set up the gospel spreading through Europe into the Americas. Many of us in our families have a lot to be thankful for, for a church that heard God's call, acted on it, and stayed in alignment with it. 
2,000 years ago. And finally, these words in Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. It was Christ. It was the ascended Christ at the right hand of the Father who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to become pastors and teachers, fivefold equipping gifts to prepare God's people, the called ones, the saints, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. You have a role. You have a relationship to an equipping leader like Ryan, but you have a role. You have a calling. You have works prepared in advance for you to do these. The body will never be, become mature, mature, unified, and into the fullness of the stature of Christ, as Ephesians 4 talks about, without great equipping leaders and great responsiveness. Like you get into your calling from God, and you align, and you let him build you up, and you build each other up. Your potential is out of this world exponential generations of disciples making disciples who make disciples power of the holy spirit going from here to here to here to here to the ends of the earth every local church acts 1 8 you have that calling and you have the help of the third person of the trinity who did it before to help your church do it again these this, this ascended christ calling and giving equipping leaders to the church is one of the three major ongoing ministries of the ascension of Christ. It's one of the meanings behind the ascension. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father, and from there, he keeps orchestrating the church and giving, equipping leaders like today to your church. Respect the Lord and work with that. Embrace that. Coming from heaven as part of Jesus' ongoing ministry since his resurrection to the right hand of the Father. He prays for us. That's one way his ongoing ministry, the scripture says, he baptizes in the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit, and he gives equipping leaders. These are three things that Jesus keeps doing from the day he began in the Gospels till now. So enjoy it, welcome it, receive it from heaven, from the throne in heaven. Jesus gives equipping leaders to the church to build up all the saints into unity, maturity, and fullness to this day. Pastor Ryan is part of that gift of leadership to the church as a whole among all the Global Alliance churches, among all the churches of Christ globally, and a gift, he's a gift to this church from Jesus for this particular time and for the purposes of God. Trust how particular it is, how personal it is, how pivotal it is. Trust Jesus in that. So Pastor Ryan, I want to invite you forward for six questions that you will respond to, and then uh, we're going to have a moment with uh, the congregation, I'll have two, con you know, two questions, sorry, moving in the wrong direction maybe, or uh, two, two, two questions for you as a congregation, and then when you're standing during that period, we'll do the Apostles' Creed together, we'll confess the gospel together, handed down to us from Jesus and those first called out apostles and disciples, and then we'll have elders and pastors and deacons come forward, lay hands on Ryan and Amanda, and ask for the impartation filling of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do in these next few minutes. Your questions are coming soon. Pastor Ryan, to begin, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me the answer, but listen to the question so that you can say this to God. Mm -hmm. Audience of one, of course, they're overhearing mm -hmm. today, but uh, your heart is for the Lord, and the Lord is for you. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in your heart and affirm before his people that you are called by Christ's church and therefore by God himself to your current role as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ? If so, answer yes, truly with all my heart. Yes, truly with all my heart. Do you believe the books of the Old and New Testaments to be the word of God 
and a perfect doctrine of salvation, rejecting all heresies, doctrines, and creeds that may contradict the Holy Scriptures. If so, say yes, truly, with all my heart. Yes, truly, with all my heart. Will you be diligent in your study of God's word and in your use of the means of grace? Will you proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? upholding the witness of Holy Scripture. Will you pray for God's people and lead them by your example in faithful service and holy living? If so, say, I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. Will you strive to fulfill faithfully, diligently, and cheerfully all the duties as a minister of Christ, to preach the truth of the word of God, to administer the sacraments in purity, to maintain proper discipline in the household of God, to submit to proper discipline if you stray in life or in doctrine, and to shepherd the flock faithfully. If so, I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. Do you publicly pledge that you will fear God more than you fear man? That you will proclaim the truth of God according to his scriptures, even when we may not want to hear it? If so, say, I do, and I ask God to help me. Absolutely, I do, and I ask God to help me. Will you accept the church's order and governance, and will you be faithful to the witness and work of the Alliance of Reformed Churches globally, using your abilities to for further its Christian mission here and throughout the world? If so, say, I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. Thank you, Brian. If you would look towards the congregation here gathered with you on this special day, if you could rise, I'm going to ask the congregation and friends and family that want to speak a word of promise and uh, encouragement. Pastor Ryan and Amanda, here's the question, and your answer is going to be, we do, in a little bit, but I'll prompt you for that, all right? So, will the members of Hope Community Church in Lowell, Indiana, uh, please reaffirm your commitment to your pastor under Paul in this church? As the Church of Jesus Christ, I ask you now, do you affirm this man in his role as an equipping leader and pastor of this church? Do you promise to receive the word he proclaims, to honor his God-given authority, to welcome his pastoral care and counsel, and to follow his leading? If so, answer, we do. We do. Second question, as the, as the presence of Christ's body in the world with him, do you promise to encourage and pray for him and his family, to, to labor together with him in this ministry, and to materially, physically, and spiritually provide for those who serve in this congregation as together we live out our call to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. If so, say, we do. We do. Thank you. Let's say the words of the Apostles' Creed together. Remember the gospel. The church is created because the gospel gave you life. The gospel is eternal. It strengthens you. It's the shape of the church's calling and ministry. It's all about Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, I believe... In God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he should come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to ask Amanda to come forward and join Ryan. Maybe you guys could kneel on the front steps here together towards the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite pastors, elders, deacons that want to come forward for the impartation, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tim Staub is going to uh, offer a prayer first as the vice president of this congregation, and then I will pray as well for them. Is it easier on the first step, or are you okay way down there? Okay, okay. You know better. Let's lay hands on this family and this marriage, strengthening of their partnership in the gospel as well. Compassionate God, encircle us as we reach out in love. Wounded Christ, touch us in our weakness and our strength. Life-giving spirit, breathe through us channels of your peace. Healing spirit of God at work in Jesus, present here and now. Fill your whole being, free you of all harm, and give you peace. Come Holy Spirit, set me as a dove burning like fire. And fill your servants, noble vessels, for your noble purposes. For Christ and kingdom, we bring honor and glory to your name. Impart to them the gifting of the Holy Spirit that they need to equip the saints in every good work. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from heaven. Pour out a blessing from heaven. Your own personal signature today. Your own personal gift, Father, in heaven. Strengthen and encourage. Bless this marriage. Everywhere in the New Testament, the anointing is connected with Christ. The anointed one, the Messiah, dozens and dozens of times. And the anointing for us comes from our gaze, our vision, our connection, our abiding in the anointed one. So I pray for that to be mighty and secure. They are a branch of the true vine and they will bear fruit that lasts. Because they did not call themselves, but you called them and chose them to bear much fruit. Fruit that will last. We bless them in your holy name. Thank you all. Pastor Ryan is going to share a word of scripture with you today. Well, good morning and and thank you truly for, for saying yes to those those questions. That kind of puts me in an awkward place if you're to, to say no to any of those. <laughs> so so truly thank you all. Uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for, for every person. Thank you, Tim, for, for coming here, Pastor Tim, and, and everyone involved in, in the transition uh, as, as lead pastor of Hope Community Church. Now, as many of you that are here today, as many of you are aware, it truly takes a village. Um, and I want to, of course, give credit to where credit is due. Uh, so, so if you were, I want to do this, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. If you were part of the transition team here at Hope Community Church, will you please stand? <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. These are the men and women that, that labored for months and, and weeks and hours watching sermons and, and sifting through resumes. And could we give it up for our transition team this morning?
next I want to bring attention to, and you're going to notice some of them are the same people, our council. These are our elders and our deacons. Uh, and I also would like to ask their wives to stand too, uh, because for many of us, we really know who runs the show, right? It's the wives. So, so if we could all have the deacons, our, our, elder, our elders, our council, all of you and your wives, please stand. Yes, this, this team here and this, this board, they played an integral role uh, of making this happen from the transition to the decision. Can we all give them a hand? Thank you. Uh, and next, I want to bring attention also uh, to our staff here at Hope Community Church. Uh, Don, Nikita, Katie, if you would all please stand. These are... Uh, awesome leaders that we and I get the blessing to serve with, and I've already gotten to know them just a little bit, and uh, we are going to be in good hands. So please give it up for our staff here. Thank you. And, and of course, last but, but definitely not least, um, I'm not going to ask all of them to stand, but my family uh, from taking our, our daughters and, and helping us literally move boxes, uh, my dad coming down to Florida to help us get here. Uh, it, I cannot go without saying thank you for all of your prayers, uh, but I, I do want to put my, my bride on the spot. If you could please stand. <laughs> thank you. She, you know, we like to say the man leads, but there are some times where she had to take up leadership and I'm so grateful for her being by my side throughout, throughout this whole transition. She, she just keeps it all together, and I'm so grateful for Amen. her. All these people played, <laughs> thank you, thank you. All of these people played a crucial role to make this happen, and of course we must give all glory to God for making it clear on both sides that this is his will. Uh, and it's truly been his working and a testimony to all of us that he does direct our steps if we're genuinely seeking his will and his heart. Uh, now, I'm assuming that many, if not everyone here, wants to hear what I have in store for the future of Hope Church, right? You want to know right now, right this minute, where is Hope going to go? Yeah. <laughs> well, thankfully, uh, one of our elders said that I could take as much time as I want this morning. No, I... I I want to make it clear. <laughs> I want to make it clear that I do not know exactly what God is going to do here. And nobody does but God himself, but I do know that God has called me to lead here. And I also know the way that he's wired me. So with that being said, there are a few things that we're going to dive into this morning, and just a few, I promise that and a few things that we're going to do in the years to come, and also a few things that we're not going to do over the years to come, and I'm going to elaborate on these, on these different points over the next six weeks in a, in a sermon series that we're going to kick off next week called it, we're going to call it Prepare, so I invite each of you to come back over the next six weeks if you're going to hear something that's going to grab your heart or perk up your ears, and you're going to say, wow, that, that sounds like something I want to hear more about. I, it's going to be called Prepare, it'll be a six-week sermon series again, you are invited to come, but what God has pressed on my heart for the future of Hope Church and the number one heart of my ministry from before I even looked at this church, from before I even knew what a pastor, being a pastor meant, this is what God has 
burdened my heart to do throughout my entire life, and we're going to carry it on here at Hope Church. We will proclaim God's word truthfully, boldly, and unashamedly. I want us to all remember that. And the reason that I'm going through this list, there's four total, is not only for you to know what my ministry consists of and where I feel Hope Church going, but also because I want you all to hold me accountable to this. So I'm going to say this one more time. We will proclaim God's word truthfully, boldly, and unashamedly. We will not cater to the philosophies and ideologies of the world. We will not water down the truth of the gospel. And we will not allow the false doctrines that are becoming ever so popular in our world today and within the church to leak into the walls of Hope Community. We will discern the current events of today and look at them from a biblical perspective. And my job as your pastor is, is not to tell you what to think, but rather to teach and help all of us learn how to think using the Bible as our lens. And this is what's going to make us stand out from the world, not not, not only are we going to preach this truth, but we're also going to live it out. I've seen too often outreach that, that is often elevated higher than, than anything else in, in ministry. Thousands, if not millions of dollars being poured into innovative ways to reach the lost and, and meet people where they're at or, or going out into the community. And, and don't get me wrong, we're going to participate in outreach, but I can promise you that, but, but what's going to bring the people in droves is the faithful teaching and preaching of the God, word of God, unashamedly. Everyone wants to hear it, whether they realize it or not. And that's going to bring us to our next statement. We will find our identity in God's word and God's word alone. I'm going to say that one more time. We will find our identity in God's word and God's word alone. You say that down in Boynton Beach, the church where I come from, the preacher would say, can I get an amen, somebody? <laughs> our identity in Christ must supersede our identity in anything else in this world. Okay, we begin, if we begin to put our identity in, in things that are not of God, we give, the devil a, we give the devil a foothold in our life, and, and I can tell you from experience that the devil is not satisfied with just one foot. Let's press, let's press in a little bit here. Our identity is found in Christ and Christ alone. We are not they, them, these-er, or anything else of that matter. We, we don't identify with the LGBTQIA, JK, LMNOP, or any, any more part of, of that community, okay? We're not, we're not Democrat. We're not Republican. We're not independent. We are followers of Christ. We are not, we're not Baptist. We're not Reformed. We're not non-denominational. We're not Pentecostal. We are all in followers of Jesus Christ. We are disciples of him. Now, now, yes, some of those things that I listed, some of those things are true, but if we don't identify ourselves as Christians and see ourselves as sons and daughters of the living God above any of these other things, we're missing the point. 
So let's keep going. Again, if you want to hear more about these, you've got to come back for the next six weeks. This series is going to be awesome. <laughs> but I know we've got kids in here, and we want to get out. So we're going to keep moving along. Our next statement. We will not allow our disagreements to cause division. Okay, hear that loud and clear this morning. We will not allow our disagreements to cause division. You say amen today, but what about in a year from now? Chew on that one. Come on, remember that. Scripture goes so far to say that the church should avoid anybody that causes division. It says to avoid them. If a brother or sister here has an idea or, or perspective on anything within the church, our, our, our hearts need to hold a posture to listen and to understand. Now, I want to be clear that I'm not speaking of doctrine. That's a whole other thing. I'm speaking of processes, procedures, or, or something of that matter. And again, we're going to get to that later. But, but an example might be that, that if, if it's selected approved and voted on that we're going to be sending out a, as a church sending out text message communication instead of email or or that we're going to be building and building some addition or or that we're going to change the flooring in the reception area or or get rid of the doors in the back of the sanctuary Jim don't worry we're not going to do that <laughs> but we're not going to point fingers at someone and say how dare you choose that color how dare you choose that type of seat how dare you go there I'm going to go to the pastor, I'm going to complain, and then I'm going to leave the church. <laughs> Say that in a year from now. <laughs> My friends, you know, there are churches around the world that are gathering in basements without light, heat, or air conditioning, hiding from the military or, or communist regime and with the fear of being exposed arrested, and even killed just to fellowship with other believers and hear the teaching of the Word of God. We're so quick to bicker about the ways that our buildings are decorated, and people are dying just to hear what the Bible has to say. Our last and final statement, and it's just going to be a reiteration of my first point, we will not waver from the truth. We will not waver from the truth. Again, hold me accountable to the day I die. 2 Timothy 4.3 says this, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will accumulate. They will find teachers to satisfy what they want to hear. My friend, I am not that teacher. Those teachers are out there. They will tell you what you want to hear just to the, just to fill the seats and the pews of their churches, my friends, I'm not that preacher. I don't care if you clap, stand and shout, or sit and don't say a word. I am going to preach the truth of God's word, and people are going to love it, or they are going to hate it. People are going to send me an email under a unanimous email address, but I can stand here and tell you today, and I ask you to hold me accountable, that I will not waver from the truth, and neither will Hope Community Church. And I firmly believe that we are going to grow because of it. Not too many churches focus on truth anymore. They focus on egos. And we'll talk more about that over the weeks to come. And again, I invite you to join us. But now you're saying, wow, that, that all sounds great. That sounds like something I want to get involved in. How do I, Brian, what can we do to join in that vision, that mission? 
Well, let's look at God's word. First Kings chapter 4. There's a Bible in the front, in front of you, in the, in the back of the seats. First Kings chapter 4. It's going to be really quick, I promise. I'm going to start by reading verses 1 and 2. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried, cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. What's the point? God does a lot with a little. God does a lot with a little. Anyone that has decided to follow Christ knows this to be true because anyone that has been used by Christ has nothing to offer but a willing heart. This woman was in the perfect position to be used by God in a radical way, and though she has a little, she was willing and obedient, and from experience, I can tell you that that's all that this woman needed. Hope Church, let me tell you that the first step in being used here in this incredible town of Lowell is acknowledging and admitting that we have nothing but a willing heart and obedience to what he has called us to do. Now, if we can get to that point and maintain it, we will see God work in this town of Lowell like he never has before. Charles Spurgeon said it like this, it's not it is not humility to underrate yourself. Humility is to think of yourself as God thinks of you. It is to feel that if we have talents, it's because God has given them to us. And, and let it be seen that like freight in a ship, they tend to sink us low. The more that we have, the lower we ought to lie. You know, I'll never forget first being called into ministry. I didn't want it. I, I fought it. I ran from it, but once I finally got on my knees and I said, Lord, here I am, I noticed that not only did my perspective begin to change, but so did my heart. You see, by admitting that I had little to offer, I was admitting that I was fully dependent on Christ, and admittance of having little to offer is a humble confession to God that we are fully dependent on him. It's when we arrive at this point that we will begin to see change. Verses 3 through 6. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and, and pour into all the vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another than the oil stopped flowing. The second point is that God does a lot with an obedient heart. God does a lot with an obedient heart, not a divided heart, not an evil heart, not a skeptical heart, not a, a self-seeking heart, but an obedient heart that finds its identity and contentedness in doing the will of God. Now, look at the transition between verses 4 and 5. Elisha gives this woman the command, and she goes and begins the work that he told her to do. She doesn't ask a bunch of questions. She doesn't stand there and, and debate his opinion or, or disagree with his tone. 
She doesn't sit and wait for when she is ready. She trusts that Elisha is a man of God and she wants to be obedient to him. Today, this is pretty simple. Being obedient to God means being obedient to his word. Now, we don't, we don't have prophets, but we have the Bible, which is the very word of God himself. And, and we're, when we are in full obedience to scripture, we, we set ourselves up to be used by him in an incredible way, a way that is greater than we could ever do on our own and greater than we could ever have imagined. This woman knew that her identity in God superseded anything else in the world and that it was all that she needed. She was desperate to know that if God is calling her to do something, she better do it. And she better do it quickly. Too many times we can get in the way of God's call on our life. We can get in the way, we ourselves can get in the way of God's call on our life. My friend, just bring the vessel. Don't ask questions. Don't take your time and don't hesitate. Just bring the vessel and get ready to step into something greater than you could ever have possibly imagined. Let's get to the final verse of this passage, verse 7. She came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. The final point for this morning, God's blessings always overflow. God's blessings always overflow. Why didn't this oil suffice and and simply just pay the bills for this woman to to get her out of debt and and her family. Now, I'm sure that she would have been more than happy if she would have been just able to catch up on the bills. Can I get an amen? amen? But instead, the oil continued to flow, and she was given firsthand example that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That's from Ephesians 3. Not only did she have oil for her family and money for them, but she now had enough to pay off all her debts, which were more than likely a lot due to her husband not being able to financially support them. But she also had enough for her to keep her kids, pay her bills, and live off of. That's a substantial amount of money. Now the oil ended up stopping once she ran out of vessels. But the impact that it made on this family was infinite. You see, the oil stopped flowing because she no longer had vessels to fill. My prayer for Hope Community Church is that we don't run out of vessels to fill. As long as we are available, God will continue to fill us and use us. My question to you is this. Are you ready to be a part of the harvest? Are you willing to say with all your heart, God, I am an empty vessel, and I want to be filled with nothing but your spirit to bring the gospel to Lowell, Indiana, Lake County, and all of Indiana to, be, to, to start and beyond? So I challenge you today. My friend, are you an empty vessel? Because God is ready to fill you. I speak from his spirit. You just have to give him what you have. Have an obedient heart. And prepare yourself to witness the blessings of God overflow beyond comprehension. My friend, just bring the vessel and watch God work in a radical way. Let's pray.
So God, we come before you on this day asking that you fill us. Show us in our hearts what needs to be emptied out to make room for more of you. And God, as we look into the future in this new season with Hope Community Church, God, we ask that you lead the way. Allow us all to be empty vessels following you. God, give us peace during this time of transition. Give us grace. And Lord, help us to love Lowell, Indiana in a way that is really, truly reflecting of you. God, help us to stay true to your word and not waver from it. As Tom prayed earlier, keep the enemy out of these doors because this is your house. And above all, God, we are so grateful for you sending your son, Jesus Christ, to earth to die on the cross for our sins, but not just dying, rising again three days later so that through faith in him, we can have eternal life. It's in his name we pray these things. Amen.